This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet. You may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way. There is, and I'm going to show you how. In interviews, book reviews, rants, and stories each week, I'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off, and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50 for women who aren't done yet and want to milk all the juiciness that is left in the years to come. And today, my guest is Brenda Fredericks. Speaking of juicy and body love, we are going to be talking exactly about body love and devotional practices and ways to bring more peace and ease and joy into our lives on a daily basis. But really, the body love piece has got me all excited because that is not something I find as easy to do. Brenda, welcome. Hello. It's so good to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me. And I am so juiced up about body love as well. (laughs) Oh, good, because you are the expert in it. And Brenda is a transformational coach. And the way that she uses that is to guide people on their journey to be authentic and live vibrant, meaningful lives. Who doesn't want that? Right? Who doesn't want that? I think we all really want to be our deepest, truest self. Mm -hmm. And it's a journey. And I love that you said I'm an expert, but the more vulnerable, deeper thing is that it's really a practice. You know, it's really, I don't go for expertise or perfection. I used to, and it left me feeling empty and never good enough. Mm. What I've shifted my life towards now, which I think is at the heart of what body love is, is that it's a practice. I like to say it's kind of like laundry. It's never done. (laughs) You know, I used to always want to do the laundry and have it be done. And there was like, maybe a few minutes on a Sunday afternoon where all the laundry was done and put away. But then an hour later, my kids would throw something in the laundry basket and I would (laughs) feel like, oh my God, here it goes again. And I just had a shift with the actual laundry that, oh, if I just change my mindset that the laundry is never done. It's just something that is continuously being worked on in and out, in and out, up and down, whatever it is. And just accept the truth of that, then life actually became a little bit more pleasurable and doable. And I wasn't always behind and failing and trying to catch up. Mm. And I think that loving yourself and loving your body, especially your podcast is so brilliant, you know, for women over 50, when our bodies are changing, how do we do that? You know, you just stole my question. (laughs) Aging Brenda, how do we still love our bodies? But let's go back for a second. Now I'm going to create a little bit of a cliffhanger. We'll get back to that in a second. I want my listeners to hear the story that you told me. You were a middle school teacher, which first of all, I bow to you. I don't know how anybody (laughs) does that. And here you are as a transformational coach and body love person. Tell us about the journey from one place to the next. Yeah, I think I've lived... I'm kind of like a cat. I don't know that I've lived nine lives, but 
I think as women, we're always reinventing ourselves and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the fun of life. But yeah, I used to be a middle school teacher. I taught sixth grade in a middle school for 22 years and absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved that age. There's something about them. I won't go too far down that path, but they're just playful and joyful and open-minded. I guess all the things that I want to be myself Mm. and that I work towards. And I did that for 22 years until it just didn't resonate with me anymore. And I, I loved it when people would say, what would you really do in your life? You know, my answer was, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm teaching. I loved teaching middle school. I really, really didn't. I really, really did. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> That's funny. Well, my, my mind was one step ahead until I didn't. Mm-hmm. And when I started my personal growth journey around the time I turned 40 and I'm 52 now, I just started changing and I started changing living a life based on how I thought it should look or what the expectations of me were to, oh, what do I really want to do? You know, what turns me on? What floats my boat? And it was also a time in education in New York where things started getting really quantitative and it was all about testing and numbers. Mm. While I was on this like journey of authenticity and landing in my body. And so the two did not resonate anymore. And I took a big leap and I left teaching and I am now a coach for women and men and I teach practices. And at the heart of all of it is loving and accepting yourself exactly as you are, which is a practice. (laughs) I guess we have to want to take it on, right? So let's get back to the big question in the room here is we're aging. How do we want to love our bodies? Because I'm going to speak for myself and maybe a few other women listening. It's not easy to want to like be okay with this changing body because the changes I see as ugly, wrinkly, not as tight as it used to be, all of those things. And I call those negative. Now, maybe I could just say this is what is. So help me understand this loving your body. Oh my God. It's such a journey. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, wow, there's no quick fix answers for this, but really it's, it's an acceptance. And, and there's some mourning and grief involved. You know, I have a puffy belly. I had two children. I am perimenopausal. This pandemic, I've definitely gained weight. I went shopping a few weeks ago with a friend. We did masked shopping and the lighting was horrible. Nobody should ever have fluorescent lighting. Let's just... Mm-hmm. Let's just say that yeah. right now. If you own yeah. a shop and you're listening to this, please yeah. take down your fluorescent lighting because it's so unnatural. I had such a hard time that day. I felt terrible about myself. I really did. I saw cellulite everywhere. I saw cellulite where I didn't even know you could have cellulite. And just to give you a picture, I'm 5'10". I don't know how much I weigh because honestly, I don't. I'll probably never step on a scale again. I I don't scale. Right? Right. No. I used to. I used to do all of that. I used to do obsessed. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. 
and I got rid of my scale a long time ago, but anyway, so just to give you a picture of why I'm a curvy woman, I used to be so slim when I was a teenager and in my twenties that one time my best friend in high school called me skinny and I cried. I cried for a really long time. Like just to give you a picture, like that was how I was. And now I'm a curvy woman. And so to see myself in the mirror that day was shocking. And I didn't like what I saw, you know, just being honest. And, you know, just because I teach body love doesn't mean that I always love my body. And I, I, I could feel myself retracting that day. And I took a minute and I looked at the mirror and I, I just, I just wanted to cry. I was like, how can I transport myself out of this room? (laughs) And I just took a breath and I just, I felt my feelings and this is part of loving your body. It doesn't mean that you love your physical body. It's like, how can I be with myself? Mm. And I felt my feelings and I do a lot of work with my mind and do I believe my thoughts or not? And I just thought to myself, do I want to go down the rabbit hole of self-flagellation right now? And the answer was no, (laughs) because there's no cheese down that hole. (laughs) (laughs) There isn't. There is, there is it. All it does is like a self-perpetuating radio. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here. Oh, please. Okay. Radio fuck you cycle, which feels terrible. We actually have a choice of the thoughts that we want to follow or not. And so I chose that day to just breathe. I felt the loss of like, oh my God, I used to be, I used to not have any cellulite at all, even after I had my children in my 20s. And my body just changed. And there is some sadness about that. There just is. Would I like to be have a perfect body on the beach? Damn, yeah. <laughs> but it's just not how it is. And I have a practice of being with what is. Mm-hmm. And so that was my journey for that day. Just to give a little picture, and I'm sure people listening will resonate with this because every woman I talk to has an experience of buying bathing suits. But in the past, I would go and try on clothes or bathing suits in April. And the disappointment and the shame would last for days and like the retracting into myself and just the thoughts and the, the radio fuck you in my brain would last for days. I was able to find an outfit that I liked that day, which was fun, right. And leave the store with my self-esteem intact because Mm -hmm. I, I chose to just be with what is, I was like, okay. We've got some cellulite. All right. Well, I'm 52. I have some wisdom. I am growing older. This is a wonderful thing. And this is just how it is. I like that you said that there is a feeling of loss, right? There's like, I like so many, so much of what you said, but this one piece stuck out for me because I think in our looking and trying not to compare because we know we're not supposed to compare ourselves and we'll always be younger people and older, whatever that whole story is. But there is this feeling, especially when I'm with, I don't know about you, but the circle that I hang out in, even though it's mostly on Zoom now, there's all different ages of people. I'm lucky to have that breadth of experience with people of different ages. And the younger people, sometimes they look at their outfits and I'm like, God, I would kill to wear that dress again. You know, or I get a Bowdoin catalog or a really cool catalog and I'm like, 
how long is the dress or the skirt? Like what's the actual length? Because age inappropriate, too high above the knees, then I go to this whole thing and I miss having the legs that any, it didn't matter how long the dress was, like short or long the dress was, it would look good, right? So, but that's a good acknowledgement that it's okay to feel that sad about that. It's not vain. It's not anything. It's just, yeah. It's true. Right. It's just true. It's, it's, oh, I used to be 140 pounds. I don't know how much I am now. I really don't know. At least 30 pounds more than that, maybe 40. I don't know. And yeah, I gained weight over my life. And in this pandemic, and, you know, I'm not who I was. And then there's gifts with that too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, yeah, I have some lines under my eyes and I have a lot of wisdom and I have a lot of joy. And I look at, I was blessed to have four grandparents Mm. while I was in my twenties and grandparents even deep into my forties. And watching them grow and have so much wisdom, like I just have such a deep respect for who they are. And that's where I'm heading. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always say the alternative. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. I would love to share this little story about it was really the first time that I had a deep, deep understanding of what it feels like to feel good in your body, no matter your size. So I would say about at the beginning of my personal development journey, I was in a women's community and we would go to Miami once a year and just have this big retreat would kind of take over. And I went to the store beforehand and I went shopping and I bought myself bathing suits and I loved these bathing suits. I felt so beautiful and sexy in them. It was a tankini, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, a tank top because I would not have shown my belly. Right. No. With you. I only have tanking. And then it, the bottom was a skirt mm-hmm. and it was super cute. And it was, it felt a little edgy for me because it was a tankini and like a little bit of my belly was showing. And I went to the beach and I was on this trip and we were actually topless. So my tankini would come off. And I saw, and I, I saw this woman who was on the retreat. She was probably three times my size at least. And I wrote about her in an article because she changed my life. And she was topless with a hot pink boa on her and a hot pink thong. And her whole ass was out. Cellulite and all, her ass was way bigger than mine. And she owned that like I had never seen before. Mm. Because I had an idea of what people with different bodies would do. And that defined how, how I was going to be. Yeah. But I realized that day I learned in a very deeply embodied way that that wasn't true. And I looked at how I was covering myself up with this skirt and this tankini and all of that. And it's okay. Cause that's where I was on my journey, but I realized, Oh, it's just not about having the perfect body. It's, it's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. It's how you own it and how you, how you walk with it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I call her hot pink thong lady. She <laughs> changed my life. <laughs> I think you hit upon something that I was going to ask about. You started the conversation in answer to the question, what does it make possible for us when we have a body acceptance of body love? And I think you just started to answer that. So say a bit more about that. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so great. 
you know, a woman is magnetic. Mm-hmm. Like a woman is so radiant and like the feminine is mm-hmm. so radiant. Like you look at a woman, like I, for some reason, Marilyn Monroe always pops into my mind because she was such an icon of her with her white dress and people were drawn to her. There's something absolutely stunning about a woman who walks into the room and owns it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something magnetic about it. And it doesn't matter what you look like. It's just how you own it. And it's, it's just a belief like, I am here. This is who I am. And, and I'm just going to own my gifts. And what's possible is joy. <laughs> joy. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. You know, that's what we're here for in this, in this life. We're here to, you know, many different things and we all have different lessons to learn, but we're here to enjoy our human experience and then, you know, learn some things along the way and maybe we're learning joy and then connection is possible, like a deeper connection, because when you are letting out your true self, you're revealing yourself you're not hiding behind masks and walls and you become more connectable. Mm -hmm. Like I call that being open, being open as compared to being closed. When you're closed, you're, you're kind of cloaking and hiding yourself from the world or from your partner, from your family, from your children, from your friends. And the opposite is, is being open and revealing who you truly are and just accepting it for how you are, you know, accepting it for, for what it is. And I'm just going to use men and women for this conversation. Men will very often say, I mean, I'm not saying every man, but they kind of don't care if you have cellulite. Um, Yeah. We're just so obsessed with it. And it's so attractive when a woman owns herself, that's what makes her truly attractive. And so what's possible is, is living the life of your dreams and loving yourself and believing in yourself. And then from there, what's possible so much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the word intimacy came up for me when you were talking about, you know, men will say they don't care what you look like, or I think even if it could be, you know, with your children, with your partner, with Intimacy doesn't have to mean sexuality, but clearly it's the first step towards a deeper sexuality is to be truly intimate. But intimacy can happen, you know, just in a conversation with a friend or this and that. But if you are walking around with the weight of, God, they're looking at my wrinkles, or I wonder if I look fat when I meet my girlfriend for lunch, or then that's that's there. That's also present in the encounter, the relationship, the experience. And that's not allowing for the full juiciness of it. True. It's so true. A hundred percent. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Just showing up as you are. And a lot of my journey has been learning to say the truth Mm. and, you know, like we're doing in this conversation, just really saying the truth of what it is. And that is intimacy. It's in it's, it's letting yourself be seen. Yes. we, We often wait for someone to see us or ask us the right question, but it really, it's up to you. It's up to us, to me, to let ourselves be seen. Mm-hmm. And that's a choice. Yeah, every- what do we want to be seen for or seen as ourselves? Exactly. Like our, but yeah. we have to love ourselves to be willing to, never mind the body, 
Because I think sometimes the body is a metaphor for other things that are going on. We have to be willing to be seen for all of the wackiness we are, the loveliness we are, the annoying parts we are. And <laughs> so it's cellulite or it's a bad habit, but we have to just accept it, would you say? It's really true. And it's just accepting ourselves as we are and our bad habits and revealing those things to the people that we love. And then seeing their stuff and loving them where they are Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, well, we're both here. We're not perfect. And just coming to the table and I'm all about deep responsibility and Mm -hmm. owning your part. And that's what creates intimacy. And it's, it's imperfect. You know, any idea of perfection or, you know, the way your life is supposed to look is unrealistic and sets us up to feel disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, expectation. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's when we, when we expect certain results, it's just that's what brews resentment and heartache. Mm-hmm. Especially when we expect it from some other person, right? Where it's exactly. one thing to be hard on ourselves, but I, I think I'll speak for me. If I'm being hard on myself about something and I see it in somebody else, I'm immediately in judgment of their doing it. Only because it's something that bothers me about me. Like if exactly. I didn't have it, I might not even think that about them. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And it's such a great practice to use people as a mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's such a great practice. If somebody's bugging you, oh, do I do that? I always tease my husband. I learned this many, many years ago when I was first training to be a coach. Somebody used to do this and say, when I would say something, the mirror is up. <laughs> like, bitch, what? what are you talking about? But it's so true. So I torture him all the time because he'll be like, man, 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 about something about work or somebody at work. And I'm like, you do that too. Right. And usually those things do bug us. Yeah, because maybe we just don't like that thing about ourselves or we wish we wouldn't do it or we don't know how to change it. Yeah. You know, and so it's way easier to point the finger than it is to look at our own stuff. <laughs> I think Zig Ziglar, who's, you know, been dead a long time, sales guy, motivational speaker used to say, when you point one finger at somebody else, you point three back at you. Exactly. I forgot that. I was like, really? How could that be? <laughs> it's shocking and true. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, somebody also, I had so many coaches that have stuck in my head with their sayings was sometimes people have an insatiable need to be right. And that's where these conflicts come from. It's just a matter of like, I think I'm more right than you are allowed to be right. When in fact, nobody really has to be right. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to be. It just could be a neutral thing. Like, okay, we disagree. That's great. Yeah, exactly. And also, it's like, what's true? Mm-hmm. You know, what's true, I think sometimes, and I've so absolutely done this, gotten on my soapbox, standing for something and realizing, oh, I'm just in my story. I'm in my ego. I want to be right. I don't, I want to look good. I don't want to look bad. And then just completely forgetting about what's actually true or just saying, oh, you know what? I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, that actually feels really like a big relief to me when I can say I don't know. 
because there's so much pressure to know these days. We have to know everything. We're taking in all this information and then we're at work and we're whatever it is that we do that when we encounter, we're giving our services. You want to know, you want to be able to give somebody an answer when they come to you for answers. But it really feels good to just say, you know what? I ain't got a clue, but I'll find out. I will find out. Exactly. One of the biggest skills that I learned in intimacy in conversation was, you know, when you're stuck with someone, when things are heated and you don't, you know, to just say, you know what? I don't, I don't know what to say right now. I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that that adds breath to a conversation. It's just a little tool that I use when I remember. And it's just, it's a vulnerable thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course that breaks the electrical bond that keeps the thing going, right? Exactly. Exactly. Now there's a disconnect and yeah, exactly. It just, it just changes it to a different trajectory. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you get vulnerable, somebody else will likely get vulnerable and people who are vulnerable, it just inspires me so much. I'm so grateful that I have people who are vulnerable around me. I mean, at this point in my life, it's just the way it is. And vulnerability is a superpower. Like it's really a superpower. Revealing who you truly are, revealing what's really on your mind and what you're concerned about, what you're afraid of. It's a superpower. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Of course, my marketing hat went on and I was thinking it's almost like when you are fully yourself in your business or you write your emails that they reflect you and who you are, you're going to get people that unsubscribe or don't want to come into your world. <laughs> Great. That's awesome because I don't, want to, I don't want people listening to stuff they don't want to hear. And it's the same thing in our real life. A hundred percent. We are, we're going to draw the kind of people to us that appreciate that. And chances are we're going to like that versus exactly. having people in our space that want to change us. That's Exactly. And I think that's a big shift in getting older yeah. is appreciating that, you yeah. know, because there was a time in my life where I didn't want to do that or I didn't know how to do that, or I was absolutely a people pleaser and a control freak. I was the former CEO of the universe, in case you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that, Brenda. No, yeah, yeah. It's in my bio. Um, and I've just let that go. And life is so much better. <laughs> so much better. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's hard to be the CEO of the universe. I mean, how can you please that many people? Come on. Right? Well, if everyone would just listen to what I said and live their life according to me, then yeah. But actually, instead, the shift is just taking care of myself in here and letting other people have their journey. And that was, I think that's one of the hardest things to do. I notice with my clients and with myself, especially as a mother too, and being in relationship, it's the hardest thing to do is to just let people live their lives. And I see a lot of parents micromanaging their kids. And I used to do that too, when they were little. And I just, the more I learned about myself and I started accepting myself on my journey and knowing, oh, everything I do, I'm learning from, and then affording my kids the same luxury, the same Mm -hmm. gift. They were able to grow and learn at their own pace because I just stopped protecting them from, quote, failing. Mm. Oh, my God. It was a life changer. I just see so many parents trying to protect their kids from feeling bad or 
hurting or failing or whatever it is. Well, that's how we learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm really proud to say that my kids are both in their 20s and doing exceptionally well and paying for everything on their own. (laughs) Bonus. Yeah, because they've, I've, I gave them the reins for their own life. And in order to do that, it meant I had to have the reins on my own life and be willing to go down into the darkness, feel all the feelings. And once I learned how to do that myself, I was able to be there for other people to do that because we really have such a negative view of feeling sad or grief or going into the darkness in our society. And really that's where we learn. That's where the juice is. That's where we gain our power. And I want that for my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I want that for myself and I want that for my clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-determination. I think they might call it in the world of psychology, you know, to be able to make our own decisions because we have we trust ourselves, I guess, to make decisions, you know, and exactly. like you're saying, if, if kids never get a chance to fail or to try something new and then decide that's not for me, but I'm glad I tried it, then they start to have self-sufficiency as they grow into adulthood. And I think adults who didn't get that struggle until they get some awareness or a coach or somebody that can help them find that self-sufficiency, like you have it in you. It just never got a chance to blossom as fully. Exactly. Some people in their 40s and 50s are still doing what they should be doing or acting the way they should or dressing the way they should. Yeah. And it's exhausting. Yeah. I I find that to be exhausting. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I was deciding for this podcast, I spoke with a friend this morning, do I want to wear a dress or do I want to wear sweatpants? And she was laughing. She was like, oh, you're so deliberate. And I was like, you know what? It's true. I am so deliberate because I really, truly tap into, and this is body love. I really tap into what does this body want? Mm -hmm. You know, and after this call, it's going to be water, more water. (laughs) And I'm drinking too. And what do I want? Like, when do I want to move? When do I want to rest? When do I want to be with people? When do I need to be alone? When do I need to cry? When do I want to share my joy, whatever it is, and trusting that and going with that. And the more I could do that, then then I don't have to control everyone around me because that's exhausting and it's not really much fun. I was going to say, it doesn't usually work either. No, it doesn't work. (laughs) It's true for a while. And there are ways, passive aggressive ways and people that are, you know, have actual diagnoses of narcissism and things are good at it, really good at getting people to do what they want the way they want it. But I, I, I just, that's, it doesn't last. And even if it does, there's no real depth of connection with another person if you're just trying to control them. Yeah, it's boring and exhausting. Mm. And I'm not down for it at all. And you know what? That doesn't come to me anymore. That kind of vibration just doesn't even come into my sphere mm-hmm. because. I just don't operate that way in the world anymore. And so it just doesn't come my way. And if it does, it just bounces off and it goes away. Mm -hmm. I don't have space for that. I'm rubber, you're glue. Anything you say bounces off (laughs) me, it sticks on you. Exactly. I'm having a childhood moment, sorry. 
<laughs> I love it. Well, that's the joy of your podcast for people over 50 is that we'll get all these little jokes. And stuff. I mean, I'm here to have fun on my podcast as well as bring good value to the listeners. Yeah. Because I mean, if I have to just have it be and it's going to be all edited and I was telling somebody, I used to do telesummits, you know, with multi-speaker events. So I've had lots of experience and lots of Zoom meetings where things didn't go exactly as planned. And I was interviewing this pretty well-known hormone doc and she was drinking a green drink while she was talking. And she had this gigantic green mustache almost the whole entire time. At the end, I said to her, I don't know how I'm going to edit this out. And I didn't want to interrupt you because I guess I did at some point kind of, because I could always edit the video. And she's like, what the hell? This is who we are. I'm drinking a green drink. I have green stuff on my face, whatever. And I thought this was so refreshing. You know, I love that. Just be. Just be. I love that. Yeah. I try to stick to water, though, because I'm not sure I'd be okay with green stuff on my face. <laughs> but tell us about, you do a daily program, which is to help women, and I guess men too, if they want it, understand more about this body love and practice the practice aspect of it. Tell us about that. I teach a class um, a couple of times a week. It's an ongoing class for practices. It's for men and women. It's for practitioners, people who are people who want to work with their mind and not necessarily believe their thoughts. People who want to come to the table and have connection and see what's possible. And we do a series of practices and every day is a little bit different, but the structure is the same. And we do writing and meditation and all kinds of practices that help us reflect on our behavior of who we are and then also our fears and letting go of our fears so we can access our desires. And going through the process of practices every day is it's like a little mini transformation every day. Mm. And over time, you can really have a lot of change and transformation. You know, it's like, I like to say I wake up in the morning and I don't wake up this joyful every day. Today, I happen to actually, but some days I wake up and I'm in a spin cycle or I'm upset or I open up my phone and I see something in the news and I get triggered or upset, or I'm upset about that thing that someone said last night. And I don't want to go through my day with that, you know? And so I like to say, we come to the table, we take all of our fears and our thoughts and our feelings, and we kind of put them in a giant cauldron Mm. and we stir them up. Right. And then at the end of the hour, you have some alchemy. You maybe have some sight. You remember what's really important to you. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, I was afraid of that thing, or I didn't realize I didn't say the truth, or whatever the thing is of the day. Yeah. And you walk away with some more self awareness, which you can bring into your day so that you can live the life that you want. And, you know, smile at your family or, you know, receive from your partner. If you're closed and in your thoughts and fears, you're not open and available. And I want to be open and available and having a daily practice makes me open and available for Mm -hmm. the life that I want. Because Mm -hmm. if I'm, I'm stuck in my head, 
worrying and in fear and doubt, I'm not living the life that I want. No. I think that's a really important point to make because especially on my side of the world, coaching mostly is around health coaching, although there's always mindset. And as we age, we're concerned about Alzheimer's and cancer and all those things. But it's really important to bring back to the conversation that how we view our day and how we choose to see our experience of aging is just as important as the actual physical process and trying to take care of the body. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, they say your life is a series of nows. Mm. Like it's just now, you know, people say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do that in the future or I'll take a risk in the future. Well, now is the future. Yep. It's kind of corny, but there's that saying that's in a year from now, you'll wish you started last year. Exactly. And it's like, you have to start sometime and it's never really comfortable. Life and the magic is outside of our comfort zone and you're never really ready. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never going to feel comfortable to go outside of your comfort zone, you know, Mm -hmm. or to question your own thoughts. But the deeper, the deeper desire is, oh, I want to, I want to, for me, it's, I want to be truly who I am. I want to have a life that's, that I want to live. I want to have a life that I want to live. Like that's, that's it for me. That's what motivates me to come to the table every day and question myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if I believed all of my thoughts, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here today. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> right? Yes. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. tell people where they can find you and learn more about the daily practice classes. Um, great. Thank you. Good question. I'm on all social medias. Well, most of them anyway. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I'm on TikTok currently. And I'm on Clubhouse. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I love making TikToks. It's so fun. But it's Brenda Fredericks, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K-S dot com. And that's where you could find me. Okay. Anybody listening, the website is beautiful. And you can get a lot of feeling about Brenda and her work just by looking at what she's written there and the offerings. To bring this conversation together. So I'm going to use the body, like the body as the root, the foundation. You start with, because we're always present to our body and how we feel about it or don't like it or whatever. So let's just say somebody's brand new. They're going to be 65 and they're like, damn it. I still have a lot of years and I want some more juice in my life. I want what, how do they even begin if they're used to just piling on the, I don't like about themselves? Oh, wow. Such a good question. Well, I haven't been 65, so I can't really say for sure. You know, it's just being with where you are right now in this moment. Just being with what's true in this moment, you know, whatever it is, whether it's grief or joy or I'm scared or I want to make a change or my ass is too big or I love my breasts, whatever it is, just like what's true for you and just be with that and giving yourself space, just Get on the floor right now. And if you're listening and available, do it right now. Just get on the floor, get on the couch and just lay down and put one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly and just breathe. You know, just just breathe and be with yourself. 
and then do the next right thing. What's the Mm -hmm. next right thing? With the intention to move into a place of loving and accepting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And loving and accepting yourself doesn't mean that it's going to feel great all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's just a state addiction being, being like stuck in a certain way. Like I have to be happy all the time. It's just not realistic, you know? So it's just, we learn to be with ourselves and the discomfort of the truth and accepting that and being with that is the start. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Good place to start. I think it's the only place to start. I don't know if that's true. I'll question that, but it's a good place to start for sure. Get back to me. On that. <laughs> it is a great place to start. Sadly, this is a great place to end this conversation. I say sadly to end the conversation because we could talk another hour, I'm sure. Thank you very much, Brenda, for your wisdom and for sharing all of your juiciness with us and our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you and your podcast and the name. It's just been an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. And listeners, as always, thank you for being with me and my guest. And I will see you next week. That's the end of another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything that you heard or hear when you tune in that you think would benefit a friend, a sister, a mother, hey, even some guys, send them my way, would you? And if you've not ever been to the website, rebelliouswellnessover50.com, head on over there. There are resources, things that I don't always get to on the podcast that might help you age better. Be well till next time and stay that way.